Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Um, I've got Janita Pace and uh, Captain Carl Wagey <laughs> uh, on the program today. We're going to talk about depression. They wrote um, a devotional, which is on you version, uh, and I'm excited to go through it. Um, Janita's been a regular on the show. She's been uh, on before. She's a licensed professional counselor and a member of the National Board of Certified Counselors, and her and Carl is her brother, who is stationed as a Marine in Okinawa right now. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much. All right. This is kind of hey, last minute. Know. Hey, Carl. Uh, you're on just a little bit of a delay, but not bad. You there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was testing my theory. Yeah, that's it's right. So anyway, I found out today that you are brother and sister. Yeah. So when I decided to do a devotional about the armor of God, I was very fortunate and blessed that I had an insider's view on what what this would mean to someone who's actually in the military. Yeah. So as we go through this, this is it a seven day devotional? On your well, version? there's actually um, there's eight? actually eight days because we days. we also covered um, what it's like to know your enemy and what it's also like to know your commander. Okay. I feel like we have a lot of material to go through today. I'm excited to do it. So let's get at it. Okay. All right. So tell me a, a little bit of the format that you envisioned, Janita. Well, you know, when we, it was so exciting to work with uh, Captain Weiji on this project because the format I was looking for is how do we use the armor? Because I read about the armor my whole childhood growing up, but wanting to know how it logistically works. And so um, the first thing that Carl and I started talking about is how do you know your enemy? How do you identify and how do you understand your enemy? Because that's the first part of knowing what equipment you'll need. Okay, so should we pass it to Carl now? How do you know your enemy, Carl? Yeah, you know, that, that is a great question. It is one of the key aspects of what you need to know when you're in the military, especially the Marines, because those are the people that are out there that might ca- cause harm to you and to the people around you and your equipment. So knowing their capabilities is really, really key to understand what am I getting myself into. So just like you know, the Minnesota Vikings are probably going to study the next team that they're going to play. You know, there's different defensive tactics. There's different offensive tactics that they will encounter when they meet these people. I won't call them the enemy, whatever team they're going to play. But in my case, the enemy, it's always going to change. Uh, different armies are going to do different things. Uh, they have different technological advances. So depending on which country or which entity group uh, might be encountered you really need to know that so that you know how to deal with all these different situations so it's uh, it's a lot of homework it's a lot of studying it's a lot of looking back at history and looking at uh, what the enemy might do in the future so it's very key mm-hmm. and that fits so beautifully spiritually because we know we have to understand satan in order to know what we need in our armor so if we pay close attention uh, Satan will pay close attention to timing, 
and he'll work to take advantage of any moment of weakness. Yeah, you know, I love how Carl said you do your homework. You know, as a Marine, they study how their enemy's going to work. And so we need to know how Satan works. And he has given us kind of some key elements in the Bible so we understand him better. And, you know, he waits until we are vulnerable. So we look at when Jesus is in the desert, has been... You know, he's he's been out in the desert for 40 days. He's been fasting, and that's when Satan comes to Jesus and tempts him. And I think Satan looks for moments and opportunities. And and then we know from the way he talked to Adam and Eve that he takes truth and he mixes it with lies. And so he can be very crafty, and I think that's where depression gets really confusing, is that our enemy uses can use the Bible even, twist it, and use it against us if we're not aware of how he's working. Mm-hmm. My guests are uh, Janita Pace and uh, Captain Carl Wagey. They've written a devotional, which is on version called Armed Against Depression. And in this uh, discussion today, we're going to hear a military perspective from uh, Captain Wagey and then the depression side from Janita. So that's how we're going to work through this. So uh, knowing your enemy is very important and uh, Janita, you talk about depression provides the perfect opportunity for Satan to move against you. Yeah, and I still struggle with depression, even as a therapist. I know. And I have noticed that my depression really hits hard when I am tired or I've had a hard day or, you know, even um, even when I've, I've gone through a period that I felt kind of sad and distant, it's like Satan moves in and really tries to use that against me. So learning his timing, and then noticing that there's times when he's taking things that um, are true in the Bible, but he's twisting it in a way that it, it's used against me. And um, and so, yeah, being aware of when he's working and how he's working against me. Okay, and now as we discuss the, the armor of God, let's talk about the belt of truth. And Captain Wagey, I'm going to ask you to go next. Yeah, thank you, Bill. So, uh, when you think of a belt, it's more of a almost like a utility belt, like uh, what people wear when they're on like a construction site. They have a bunch of uh, items hanging from it. That that is what we're kind of, we're speaking about right now. So when I was at the Jungle Warfare Training Center, I really learned this. Um, this Jungle Warfare Training Center is where we send all the Marines to learn how to fight in the jungle and to move in the jungle. It's a very um, dangerous terrain in Okinawa, Japan. And I really learned how to, the belt is just more of an extension of you so that you can put items on your belt so it's easily accessible. So um, I had a survivor survivor's belt, so it would be, I would have my ammunition on there so I could use my ammunition to load into my uh, weapon system to engage the enemy, or I could have um, medical supplies as well. So pretty much anything you could think of would be on this belt. My survival kit would be on there so I could start fires. I could clean water. I could uh, have my knife on me as well because moving through the jungle, you don't want to have these items in your backpack in case anything happens. You don't have to need to take out your backpack and grab an extra magazine of ammunition to put it into your rifle. When if it's right on your belt, it is with you. It goes with you. Uh, everywhere that you go, and it's very easily accessible. So, and, and reason, no matter, yeah, no matter. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, reaching for items on your belt, second nature, isn't it? It is. It is. And then um, the the more you do it, the 
more comfortable you are with grabbing these different items that even if it's dark out, even if you can't see or your eyesight is impaired in any way, you know where everything is on your belt. So it's just, it's just an extension of your body, like I said. Mm. Carl, when you described the utility belt, you went to a belt on a person at a construction site and I went to Batman. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same exact thing. Okay. Because <laughs> I kind of knew everything on the Batman belt. I knew what he had and, and how to get to it. So that was fun. All right. Janita, let's talk about the belt of truth as it relates to depression. Well, one thing I love about what, what Captain Weiji said is it's the idea that you, you want to be ready for anything. You want to be ready for an ambush. You want to be ready when you, you need to survive the elements. And it's amazing that when God describes the belt, he describes it as truth. And I think that we need to have truth readily available to us at all times. And there's certain truths that we might know personally that we need to remember. Like for me with depression, um, I struggle with um, trusting that I am worthy to be alive, that I'm worthy to get up in the morning. And so Ephesians 2.10, I'm a masterpiece designed by God. That's a truth that I put on my belt. Or when I'm struggling to feel that God loves me, I go to Romans 8.15, which talks about the fact that I'm adopted as a child. So if you're struggling with depression, especially, you know, if you're listening and you're struggling, what we're looking at is having a belt, having truths that are readily available. So you know them so well that when the enemy attacks, you don't have to go too far to find them, that they're right there for you. So good. Janita Pace and Captain Carl Wagey are my guests. Uh, Can I, Janita, do I have permission to have a little guy talk with uh, Captain Wagey just now? (laughs) Of course you can. Okay. I don't want to ignore you, but... um, Carl, I assume you've seen the first uh, Rambo movie? I have. Yeah. I have. There is that scene, I think it lasts about 10 minutes, where he practically dismantles the sheriff's department one by one out in the out in the jungle. I mean, a guy who is relying on his training to survive, right? So it's, yes. it sounds, yes. because he's he knows how to survive. He knows how to rely on his training. Now, he didn't have a, a utility belt, but he had skills. And I think of the, the, the weapons against the enemy that he used in that movie, which I thought was kind of amazing. But nevertheless, we all need to have that kind of ability to survive uh, when Satan is coming at us with attacks or the enemy's coming at yes. us. Mm-hmm. Yes, th- th- that is very true. And um when you watch, you know, John Rambo do all these uh, things that are out of the ordinary or, oh, I wouldn't have thought of about doing that. Uh, like you said, it, it is about his training. So, you know, you might have these ideas that, oh, this would be awesome if I did, you know, A, B, and C. But if you're not training or learning to do A, B, and C, you know, it's, it's not going to work. So, you know, John Rambo wasn't sitting there reading through textbooks and trying to figure out how to put up this trap or how to best do this act. He already knew because he had the training. I think that's very key to ensure that, you know, if you have a good idea on how to properly conduct something or do something, you got to make sure that you put in the, put in the work because unfortunately, uh, you know, not, not every single one of us is, you know, John Rambo. And I know, I know know his physique, (laughs) His physique, his physique probably matches yours, Bill. So uh, uh, that's what I picture. Uh, so, yeah. I uh, my friend I went to high school with is the head of um, emergency at a hospital here in the Twin Cities. And 
I, I said to him, so what's it like when somebody comes in and there's a lot of physical bodily damage and, and it's a really a gory scene? And he said, he goes, well, you just rely on your training. Your training kicks mm. in. Yeah. You don't even think about it because the training, you are prepared to go because basically he had his utility belt and he knew where everything was and how to get to it and how to utilize it. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly, I think that's why God created this powerful analogy is us training every day and being prepared because we know life is going to get hard if it isn't already hard. Mm -hmm. And so being prepared and like Carl said, being trained, you know, all the time training and knowing what we, we need. Um, and you know, another, another verse that just comes to me all the time is that no one has the power to condemn you um, because the creator of the world has declared you free from sin. And that's Romans eight, one through two. So no one has the power to condemn you. And that is a truth that I have to have on my belt all the time in order to fight back. Mm-hmm. So Janita, you also say journal your thoughts and see where the enemy is planting ideas that are not gospel truths. Mm-hmm. I think part of the training that, you know, we talk about for, for Captain Wagey's talking about training with the military, training for your mind, journaling out and seeing what's there, going back and identifying things that are lies, because I think these lies come so easily and so quickly. And so that attack is an ambush and we need to take time to think about what are we actually having come through our mind mm-hmm. and is it the truth or is it a lie? Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl, I would like you to talk about situational awareness. I know that's kind of a military term, but would you talk about that? Yeah. So situational awareness is making sure that you understand everything that is going on around you. Mm -hmm. It's not only you, it is your team that knows, Hey, this is what's going on. Not only in front of me, but everything externally as well. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I'm in a building and I know that they are, you know, the enemy is in the building, I also need to know what the enemy is doing outside of the building as well. So whatever you can do to increase your situational awareness, you can better prepare yourself for anything that would happen. And have we lost some of our situational awareness nowadays with people walking across busy streets, looking at their phones? <laughs> Oh yes, one 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 hundred percent. Yeah, that, that is that is something that we try to. Uh, so in the in the Marine Corps, you are not allowed to look at your cell phone, or you're not allowed to text or talk on a cell phone while in uniform, and you cannot you cannot walk and do that at the wow. same time. So, oh, that's yeah. I need that training. <laughs> <laughs> so good. We're going to take a little break. My guests today are Janita Pace. And Captain Carl Wagey, and we're talking about their amazing little devotional, which is in you at youversion.com. It's called Armed Against Depression. We'll take a short break and be right back. If you have a question or comment, you know the text line is open just for you, 877 933 2484. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. Welcome to the show. If you just tuned in, I've got Janita Pace in studio and her brother, Dr. Carl, uh, I'm sorry, Captain Carl Wagey, uh, who is in the Marine Corps and stationed in Okinawa right now. So we're talking about this devotional that they wrote called Armed Against Depression. And the nice thing is, is Captain Wagey is giving us the military perspective on the armor of God. 
And Janita is giving us the depression angle on the armor of God. So let's move on to the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, Captain Wagey, let's start with you on the breastplate of righteousness. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, so we have uh, a, a flak jacket. So it is just like a breastplate. The breastplate has changed over the years, obviously, since, you know, it's been, you know, iron in the past, you know, it's been uh, lighter with, you know, the nights and everything. So now what we have is uh, a breastplate that weighs up to about 30 pounds. It protects you from uh, bullets, uh, fragments, or any sort of explosives and uh, stab wounds or anything like that. So uh, it is, you'll see on the movies that people are running as fast as they can with, with these armored plates on. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, these things are heavy. These things are not light. So uh, I always get a, a good laugh out of that whenever you see these uh, movie stars r- running across the field with all this gear and they're moving like uh, like a rabbit. So uh, just know that body armor is very, very heavy. And what also that does to you is that it is very uncomfortable. I was just recently on a range and I know that the Marines listening right now, they're, they're going to judge me, but I was on a range and I noticed how sore my body was getting just just wearing the body armor so it's one of those times where you're sore then but the more you wear it the more you get accustomed to it the better your body kind of uh, shapes towards it and you become comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so by the you know by day one of putting on this armor uh, it's very uncomfortable and then maybe by day like three or four, your, your body is used to it. And you can also put items on this body armor as well. And it is very key because it protects all your vital organs. It protects uh, on the sides any and in the back as well from any sort of attack or any sort of uh, projectile as well. So I, I can't imagine this thing pops on like a sweater vest. So for the... Back in you know 2009, these things were pretty cumbersome to get in and out of. Yeah, and I'm guessing now, so. Now I think, yeah, now I think we're on our you know our fourth generation of flat jacket, so they they clip on and off. So I was very surprised how easy it was to get these items on. But this these changes take place just because of the uh, the you know the war that was taking place, the feedback that we received from uh, the troops out in the field and the feedback that we gave that like, Hey, during war, this is taking place or I can't remove this when someone is injured. So it's constantly changing. and evolving. So mm-hmm. it's great. Captain uh, Weiji, I know you spent time serving in Afghanistan. I assume it's hot there. When you put this vest on this armor, does it warm you up even more? Yes. Yes. So uh, in Afghanistan, the area that I was in, it was about 120 uh, to 130 degrees Fahrenheit. So once you put on your flak jacket, I believe it adds about five degrees to the temperature. Wow. So it, it can really, um, and then, you know, if you're moving around, your body is uh, going through immense stress, uh, you know, mental and physical stress. So it is definitely something that um, changes, but also by that time, you, different situations arise and you're not really noticing the temperature. All right, Janita, let's talk about the depression element and the mental health and how that pertains to the breastplate of righteousness. You know, when I was thinking about the word righteousness, it's incredible that Jesus, you know, dies in order to give his righteousness for us. 
Second <clears throat> Corinthians five seventeen through 21, you know, God calls us a new creation. And I think that's really hard for people that have depression to understand that it's not about us having to be righteous anymore. Jesus is the one that's righteous. And I know that I feel like I need to earn God. I need to earn God. That comes naturally for me. So the idea that I don't have to earn God, that his righteousness covers me can be really uncomfortable, but it's so powerful. And to allow Jesus to be the protection against the enemy's bullets and weapons that were not good enough, because that's coming all the time. I mean, at least for me, I, I feel like I'm not good enough every day and depression will lie to you and make you feel like you're never going to be good enough. So you have to wear that righteousness in order to fight back against those lies. So the the breastplate of righteousness uh, can feel heavy and tiring for a person suffering from depression. Yeah, well, for me, I think it's really hard for me to accept sometimes. Okay. Because I think when, you know, I've talked to Christians who have depression, and I think one of the key elements is there's a feeling like we're not good enough. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And that thought seems to be much more of a um, automatic thought. And so the idea that you're taking on something that is meant to protect you, but takes a lot of adjustment that, I mean, the, the bad and good news for every listener is that you will never be good enough. You will fail at times. You will fail at times and you've probably failed today. And the good news, the gospel is that you don't have to be your own shield. You don't have to be your own breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is the one who's doing it. But like I said, I think for me and others who struggle, that thought doesn't come naturally. So, Janita, if you were going to take some notes or write in a journal and you would write that you are not your sin mm-hmm. and that that's what it means to separate separate from it. Yeah. And that if there are sins in your life that are harming you, uh, repent, choose to talk to someone and find ways to combat what is hurting you. Yeah, because I think not only do we have Jesus' righteousness, but under that layer, we also are living a life where we are striving. Mm-hmm. And we're, we, we have, the Bible gives us guidelines on how to live, and those can be tiring too. And so I just encourage anyone who's listening, who's struggling to have other people to come alongside and help you navigate if you're struggling with sin um, that's harming you. Because again, we have Jesus' righteousness, but the truth of the Bible is also that living in certain ways also prevents pain <clears throat> in many aspects of our life. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to um, boots of the gospel of peace. And I think, Kath and Carl, I want to hear about boots. Boots of the gospel oh, yeah. of peace. Yeah. Yeah, so um, there are different kinds of boots for different kinds of terrain. So you have your jungle boots. Those are specifically for, for the jungle for hot hot areas. So um, one of the major things about jungle boots is that if you do not have the right tread on your boots, you're going to be slipping and sliding all over the jungle, especially in the hilly terrain and everything. So mm-hmm. it's called penma tread, which is on the bottom of our jungle boots that keeps us from slipping. And once you, once you get around Marines that are not wearing the correct boots in the jungle, you can really tell a difference and you can, it, it can be very, dangerous at times because they're slipping and they're falling and it can be uh, very difficult to move in that kind of environment. And then we also have desert boots and we also have um, just combat boots as well. So whenever I'm uh, doing parachute ops, whenever I'm jumping out of a plane, uh, I try to wear boots that have more cushions so that 
once I hit the ground, uh, I have a little bit more protection on my feet. So when, when I fall, fall out of this perfectly well-made airplane voluntarily, <laughs> once I, once I, once I hit the ground, I know that, Hey, I have enough. I had that little guarantee that, Hey, at least I have the right boots on. And I know that uh, my feet are going to be okay because I, once you get like a blister on your foot or if you get an injury on your foot, it will bother you and you're constantly moving. So it will bother you. Uh, even if you're you know sitting in an office or if you're just standing in line somewhere, uh, something happens to your feet and you, you'll definitely feel it. So, yeah. So the right type and size of boot is critical. And if you don't have that, you are putting yourself and prone to injury. Yes, definitely, definitely. And then how in the world do you complete your mission if you're injured? Yes, exactly. And then, it, you know, with your with your team, your team has to, you know, pick up the slack and make sure you're okay. So, you know, and like we said, it's something as simple as, you know, taking care of your feet. Mm-hmm. All right, Janita, let's talk about the, the depression element to Boots of the Gospel of Peace. Gosh, this is one of my favorite. I when I was studying this with with Captain Weiji, I thought, isn't it amazing that the boots that that the Spirit chose gospel of peace to be our boots, and so we are literally walking in the power and and the might of the gospel, and so we are all fitted with this story that gives us the power to cover so many terrains that we have something to carry to people that is so important. And I just, I love in Romans where Paul talks about how it's just beautiful, the feet of those that bring good news. And so if you're struggling with depression, oftentimes you struggle to feel you have a purpose. But the truth is that you are carrying the best love story of all time and you are carrying it. And so God has given you specific boots. He's given you a specific life with specific people that you are meant to reach. And so you are invaluable I think if you have depression, and I know I struggle with this, the lies are that I'm not needed and I don't have a purpose. But the truth is that each of us, each person listening has been fitted with a specific purpose that's just their own. I like that a lot, Janita. So as a soldier, you're fitted with the greatest love story of all time on a Mm -hmm. mission to bring it to the individuals around you who are struggling and in desperate need for hope. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that a beautiful, hopeful picture? Oh, it really is. Yeah. I like that. All right, we're talking to Janita Pace and Captain Carl Wagey. They've written a lovely devotional that is available on uversion.com. It's called Armed Against Depression. It's an eight-day um, devotional, so you can go through it in just over a week. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back in just a minute. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. So nice to have Janita Pace and Captain Carl Wagey on the show right now. They've written a devotional called Armed against depression we've got janita who's thinking about dinner um 
And we have got Carl, who is in Okinawa, thinking about breakfast. Uh, so that That's is a good way to put it. But I mean, no, I know it's. <laughs> That's true. You haven't had your breakfast yet, have you, Carl? No, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm actually. Uh, it's Saturday right now, so you could. I, I think I'm technically a time traveler. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So in your eight-day devotional, Armed Against Depression, it can, it's available at uversion.com. But let's go into day five of the devotional, and that's the shield of faith. Dr. Our, uh, Cap- Captain Wagey, I'm going to ask gonna you He's going to be start. a doctor. He's I know. working on his doctorate. You, you said that to me. He was in his doctoral yeah. training. So yeah. every time, ever since you said that, I think of I'm trying to motivate Dr. Him. Yeah, so Yeah, he's coming with it. All right. Let's start with you, Carl. All right. Awesome. Yeah, the shield of faith. So I was just thinking about this during the break and um, there's a lot of different so we have cover so cover is anything that we you would use to protect you from any sort of projectile any sort of like think about you're behind a wall and your um, bullets are being shot at that wall that's cover and then you have concealment which will think of it like camouflage concealment is like hiding in the bushes it won't stop a bullet it won't stop a, a bomb or anything like that so those are the two different things and having the shield of faith is like having cover almost. So um, we don't go into battle with shields nowadays. So it it is more, uh, we have body armor, we have shields um, pretty much put on our body. But I I was thinking of um, two stories, uh, just, you know, in Afghanistan, we were, uh, we were in these upper armored vehicles. So think of a a mine resistant, uh, you know, ambush proof vehicle. And we use that for a shield. So we knew that any sort of uh, improvised explosive device, if, if that were to go off, we knew that that truck would be able to withstand that blast and to move that force of the explosion away from us. So using that protection was very key over there. And I also think of another time in the in the Middle East where uh, all, all we knew, hey, there there's a there's a, there's a missile coming. There's a missile coming. Sirens are going off. And, and we knew that we had to run. It was in the middle of the night. We had to run and get to cover, get to our shields, you know, get to our, um, these bunker areas as fast as possible. And, you know, people are getting out of the, the bed, just running to these structures because all we knew was a missile was coming. And then just having that shield, having that area where you know that you're going to be protected means a lot at the time. And you take it for granted sometimes when you think uh, dangerous situations are, are taking place, are not taking place. You kind of, you take it for granted. But once those dangerous situations do take place, you really learn to appreciate your shields. You really learn to appreciate that cover that's going to be able to protect you. So the shielding structure takes the force of the impact. And that, Correct. And that would, always, that would always need to be re-fortified and, and built up, especially if thing if missiles or anything else comes in and gets it. Correct. And, and sometimes refortifying refortifying these uh these places, it's not easy work. It's hard labor. And you know that the the more work you put into it, the, the better the structure is going to be. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was the military perspective on the shield of faith. Now let's uh, pivot to Janita Pace and talk about the depression element and how the shield of faith um, connects to this. Well, I, I love how Captain Weiji just 
created a picture of the fear and you go from being afraid to feeling safe. Mm-hmm. And I think about how faith, you know, it, it's meant to be our protection. So often in the Psalms, um, God describes himself as a shield and even Psalm 28, I love it. Um, the writer says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I'm helped. And so I think our faith is what we have to fall behind when we're really scared. And so oftentimes I get frustrated when I doubt God and I get frustrated that I don't have more, quote, faith. But sometimes I forget that I need to refortify my faith. Oh, amen. I mean, the faith I had yesterday, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily ride me out till today. And so with mental health, since I struggle so deeply, refortifying my faith every day is so important because I, I need that. And and I think it really makes a difference when I've gone even one day without being in the word. So there's not a lot of momentum in Christianity, is there? Yeah, you have right. to go back every day and refortify. Yeah, because you're going to take hits every day. And speak truth to yourself every day. That's read right. Read God's word and meditate on it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I I just think the picture of especially with you know Captain Weiji that picture of just running I think there's moments when we need our faith to already be strong because we suddenly are called upon it when we're getting ambushed. I I do did find that to be powerful imagery uh when you talked about that with first of all this vehicle that can sustain an attack and uh, and again, I'm amazed that that you can be in this vehicle, and whatever hits it, you're gonna you're gonna make it, aren't you? Yes, there, there's uh, you know there's a variety of different attacks that can take place, and uh, seeing how these explosions would take out a regular vehicle that you'd see on the street, sure. it would just be completely destroyed. But then you know, your vehicle would get hit, and you, you would be okay. So it's pretty. Uh, pretty extraordinary to witness and be a part of. So, mm-hmm. so Janita, you suggest that you write out your thoughts and try to figure out where you feel most vulnerable mm-hmm. and talk to another believer you trust about where you feel your faith has been shaken and then build it back, refortify. Yeah, looking for the weaknesses maybe in, in what was fortifying you. So like when, you know, Carl, you're giving that example about the vehicle, I'm assuming you probably had to inspected after it is sustained that i mean going back and making sure that everything is is um is safe again and and, you know one thing that just hit me when you know carl when you were sharing that too is how incredible to get out of the vehicle and see that you survive something like that when everything else is destroyed how incredible that god wants to be that powerful for us that no matter what happens around us we're not destroyed. Mm-hmm. It's a very powerful picture. So good. We're talking to Janita Pace and Captain Carl Wagey, and they've written a devotional called Armed Against Depression. And Captain Wagey gives us the military perspective on the armor of God, and Janita gives us the um, depression side of it and how we equip ourselves against depression. So let's move on to the helmet of salvation. Captain Wagey, I'm going to ask you to start. Yes. So, uh, you know, kind of going back to the movies, you know, you, you watch all these movies and then you'll see, you know, the, uh, the hero or someone, you know, going into the building, uh, with getting ready to assault this building and, uh, to fight the enemy or anything like that. And, uh, or like Chris Pratt is going into a building or something. You, you'll, and I will, this will always bother me is like, they will not have a helmet on, which is 
probably some of the most important body armor that you can have uh, because it protects the brain. It protects what makes you function, makes you uh, able to do what you do. So it's a very vital part of making sure that someone is protected so that if anything takes place to the head area, that any sort of bullet, any sort of fragment or anything like that, that they're going to be okay and keeps them from being concussed as well. Yeah, but good so hair. Has a lot of awe. Good hair in Hollywood's very important, Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, also, it, it's also heavy. So just like the flat jacket, the armor I talked about, you, you wear that helmet for a while, and, and your neck is going to be sore. Sure. So the, the more you wear it, the more comfortable you're going to be. And you can also attach items to these helmets. So your night vision goggles, you can protect your uh, hearing protection, your radios, your lights and everything. So it's, uh, you know, where you see, everyone else can see. And it's it's really pretty incredible what can happen with these helmets now. So it, it definitely can save your life. So a lot of the minimal requirements for safety, you got to wear a helmet. So we've been learning that since, uh, well, Gene, I don't think mom and dad had us put on helmets as a kid. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. always important. <laughs> yeah, but protecting your head, it's critical. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's critical. All right, Janita, let's uh, talk about the helmet of salvation and how it applies to depression. You know, I think the spirit was so incredibly creative in creating this picture. And I think there's no doubt in my mind that salvation is is the perfect analogy for the helmet because, oh my gosh, isn't that the core of yes. who we are? The enemy he, wants to get into your brain. Yes, and he and your salvation is what protects your mind. I mean, we're, we're told to take every thought captive and... Um, I think that beautiful picture of no thought that challenges our salvation should be in our mind. And again, someone who struggles with mental illness, it can be so hard to feel saved sometimes. I mean, sometimes I just feel so far from God and to have the helmet of salvation to stand against that and to say, no, you, you, no one can take you out of God's hands. I love that. Jesus says that in John 10, 28, no one can snatch you out of my hand. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. No one's getting you. I just love the image of this this helmet protecting uh, your, your your mind from lies getting in. Yeah. It's got to get through the helmet of salvation <laughs> in order to, to get to you. And I, I love the fact that that's protecting you. Yeah. Because when, when you start buying lies and believing lies, it's mm-hmm. over. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's over. And that's why I tell people, write your salvation story and hold on to it. Because it's yours, and it's it's the power of, of of the gospel. So regardless of where you're at, and if you're suffering from depression, you've got this good news story that you can go read that mm-hmm. you wrote yourself. Yeah, it's yours. It's you and Jesus wrote this love story. Yeah. So talk about refortif- refortifying yeah. and speaking truth to yourself. Mm-hmm. Keeping that helmet on tight. Yeah, I like that image of the helmet. I think that's critical. All right, we're going to take a little break. We're talking to Janita Pace and Captain Carl Wagey. They've written a devotional called Armed Against Depression. It's at uversion.com. You can learn more about it right there. We'll take a short break and be back.
Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. You know, I'm just I'm learning things all the time, and I just learned if you want to access the Uversion app, you have to get the app. That's how you access the Uversion app, is you download it onto your smartphone, and then you have it. Well, not to embarrass Carl. Sorry, Carl, I'm going to say this at your expense, but when we started writing this, and I told him we're going to do this for Uversion, he didn't know what I was talking about. Okay. Uversion's not. It's a very big not platform. Not everybody knows. Yeah, it's yeah. a very big platform. Sorry, Carl. That's okay. I'm used to being embarrassed. I, I'm, the, I'm the youngest, and she's the oldest, so she'll keep <laughs> embarrassing me. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to the Helmet of Salvation. Uh, we are um, getting a military view from Captain Carl Wagey. He's a Marine in, in Okinawa right now. That's where he's stationed. And his sister, Janita Pace, who's a, a licensed counselor, gives us the angle from the depression side of which she has suffered from personally and has counseled many, many, many people uh, in their depression. So, Carl, let's start with the um, Sword of the Spirit. The Sword of the Spirit? Awesome. So, as as many of you know, we do not go into battle with swords anymore. You know, swords are not the primary weapon system that uh, we use. So, um, in, the, in the Marine Corps, we use, we use rifles. So, uh, I'll quote General Pershing, an Army general, who said that the deadliest weapon in the world in the Marine is rifle. So uh, something in the Marine Corps that we're taught at a very early age is that, hey, without your rifle, you are nothing. And uh, if you lose that rifle, I've, I've had, once again, the Marines who are listening to this are going to be judging me, but I've had times where I've, I've left my rifle somewhere and someone will find it. And uh, with that my heart just drops every time I think of it about leaving my rifle somewhere or you're with your rifle 24 seven. You, you never leave it. It's always ready to go because you never know when the enemy's going to, going to attack. And that rifle becomes a part of you. You, you eat with it. You uh, travel with it. You, you sleep with it. So it, it is always on your body, ready to go. And then it is always making sure that it's clean. You, you have to clean it. So, after you fire off a bunch of rounds, that, that weapon system is going to be very dirty and you don't want it to be jamming on you. So you're always refining it. Just like, you know, it's funny. I, I told someone I wasn't going to talk about the Roman Empire, but, you know, I think of Maximus Decimus Aridius and um, in the gladiator. And, you know, he's, you know, having to, you know, sharpen his sword or um, same sort of thing. We're, we're not sharpening sharpening a sword, but we're, uh, we're cleaning our rifle, making sure that it, it works well. And then uh, I guess the Marine Corps, we do have swords. They're ceremonial. So uh, we, we we still do use swords. They are a symbol of uh, a lot of strength as well. So, yeah, that's the that's the sword in um, the U.S. Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And I know, Carl, one time you told me, I think, that you, you literally begin to think of your rifle as part of your, like an extension of your body. Is that right? Like it's, it almost becomes like another limb. Right. Right. So, uh, like I said, you know, when you're training or you're forward deployed, uh, that weapon system is, is always on you. So you learn how to kind of move your body in a way that you can get in and out of these mine resistant vehicles with a rifle. So it doesn't snag on anything. You learn how to move in the jungle so that it doesn't get caught on bushes, on trees. And you learn how to even eat food with a rifle on you. And so that it won't get away from you. So it's, it's uncomfortable at first, but you learn how to make sure that 
hey, anything takes place, I'm ready to get to my rifle and use it. So if if I have the sword of the spirit on me, there's probably a, a, a good chance that I've got scripture memorized in my head and in my heart. Yeah. So I'm I'm ready with my 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 sword. Yeah. My sword of the spirit. Yeah, isn't that a great picture oh, that great. God provided that no. this has to be something that you 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 panic if you don't have it. Yeah. So Janita, what's the depression element to sword of the spirit? You know, I think that when one thing when I read the Bible and I see how Satan takes our sword and tries to twist it against us. He tries to take the Bible and twist it. We have to know it so well that we can even identify when it's it's being misused. And so my encouragement to everyone who's struggling, um, there are so many resources. Um, know the Bible in and out. And not just what it says, but what it means. And I would recommend every person to have a mentor, somebody that's helping them walk through what does the word mean? Because... I, you know, we, all of us that are believers have the Holy Spirit in us. And I think we need people who have already trained with their weapon to show us how to train with our own. I think that's something that um, the Marines do. And I think that we need to do that as believers. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about um, communication with our commander. I like this one. And communication, I would imagine, is really critical in any military unit. Captain, what do you say? Oh yeah, de- definitely, uh, definitely important. So you always want to make sure that you understand your commander's intent, so that what your commander, whatever he or she needs, that you are communicating that up and down the chain of command to ensure everyone knows that hey, this is the overarching goal. This is kind of the uh, thirty thousand foot view, and then you on the ground. This is your specific task that you need to do so that you can accomplish the mission, so that the, the minor, the small items can lead to the accomplishment of the larger aspects. So the tactical part can lead to the strategic part of the task. So then also making sure that, you know, situation reports, uh, these are constantly sent up to the commander. So every time, usually it's, the commander will ask for them, but the, the good followers, the good followers to, to their leaders, they, they will send up these sit reps pretty regularly. So the commander will always know, hey, force A is here, mm-hmm. you know, force force B is here and force C is there. That way, um, he or she will have a great viewpoint on all their troop movements and making sure that they know how to accomplish the mission and how the mission is actually going. Yeah, you you say military units report their location to make sure to get confirmation they are in the right place. That's something very spiritually deep, I think. Lord, here I am. Send me, use me, and keep me from sin. Yeah, I mean, when Carl was explaining, too, just how important it is to be on the route to make sure you can get supplies and, and you, you're not going to, you know, get too isolated, I think there's that piece, too, so constantly being in contact with Jesus who wants to know every detail of your life. He knows it, but he wants to hear it from your voice. And God's not waiting for you to find the right words to get his support, is he? No, I think that's what's beautiful is that the spirit prays on our behalf. So how beautiful that when we don't even know what situation report to give Jesus, he'll help us. Mm -hmm. And Janita, what about meeting with other people in our community, people that we can be on the battlefield with? Yeah, I mean, one thing that I think Carl has told me is that soldier, you know, we don't have Marines running around alone. They're they're with each other doing 
doing units. I love how you use that word units. And so we're not meant to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And isn't it typical if you suffer from depression that you have a tendency of withdrawing and not wanting, not wanting to be around people? Yes, absolutely. I struggle with that. And so having to push myself to be with people, even though it doesn't come naturally, nor do I want it. Mm -hmm. So let's look at our schedules and find the time to talk to Jesus about our situation. Yeah. And I think, you know, sending up regular situation reports and taking time to do that is so good for us too to, you know, to analyze with Jesus, where am I and what am I doing? And to talk authentically to him. Yes. Even if you're upset and angry. Yes. I've got some angry prayers. I told my kids, you better bury my journals with me. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's reading those. Yeah. Captain uh, Carl Wade, thank you so much uh, for spending part of your Saturday with us to get uh, your day started. I've just so enjoyed meeting you. Yeah, it is great, though. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity. And it's a great way to start off the morning. So thank you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Hanging out with your sister. That's pretty fun. <laughs> On radio. Yeah, it's On awesome. Radio. All right. Thanks, Janita. Nice yeah. to have you here. Thank you. We will take a short break and be back with more in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.